Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 69 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Have you ever wanted to meet Richard Branson on Necker Island? Or how about take a trip to space? Maybe you thought of diving deep and taking a tour of the Titanic. How about flying a supersonic military jet? Have you ever fantasized about being James Bond for the day? Well, my guest today can make it happen. In fact, he can pretty much take any fantasy you have and make it a reality. For the right price, of course. Steve Sims is the founder of Bluefish, an exclusive luxury concierge service for the elite. He's the man rich people go to when they get bored and need an adventure. Steve has built himself a dream network including celebrities like Sting and Andrea Bocelli and business moguls like Elon Musk, Donald Trump and Richard Branson. When I got to the page on his website that lists all the media he's been featured on, I gave up after minutes of scrolling down the page. He's been featured on over 30 TV shows, over 60 major publications, and has spoken at countless events and universities, including Harvard. But here's the funny thing. If you encountered Steve in the street one night, you would most likely cross over to the other side. His shaved head, Harley Davidson garb, body piercings, 5 foot 11, 240 pounds exterior would make most people feel uncomfortable. But beneath the hood is an engine of pure gold. He truly cares so deeply about your success that he's willing to lay everything on the line to help you. He's also a philanthropist and has raised over half a million dollars for non-profit organizations. It is my great pleasure and honor to introduce to you the man they call the real Wizard of Oz, the beardless, bald-headed Santa Claus, Steve Sims. Steve, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Wow, what an intro. How can I, how can I even <laughs> keep up with that at all? I might as well just hang up and go away now. Are you kidding me? I, I, I probably did a disservice <laughs> to you, to be honest with you, Steve, the stuff that you've been up to. Seriously. By the way, were you were you the guy in school that sold the kids in class the candies under the desk? Were you that kind of guy? No, no, I, w- I wasn't that kid. I do I do remember getting dinner money and kind of like trying to buy things and sell some different things. So I think I think from an early age I was kind of like questioning what I would get into. But I think at a very young age it was probably not going in the right direction. <laughs> So what was it like growing up, though? I mean, you, you know, everyone sort of sees you as, as the guy, right? The guru, the influencer, the guy that can make things happen. Were you always that guy? What was it like growing up when you were younger? Do you know, the funny thing is, and, and I, I, I stall now because it's a very uncomfortable moment to, to, to speak. And I've done a lot of interviews, and a lot of podcasts, and this, this comes up a lot of the time. And mm. every time it comes up, it still makes me uncomfortable to answer. 
Okay. As a young lad, I, I came from a construction family and we were financially poor. So growing up, it was thrift stores, hand-me-downs. You know, if we got a new car, it meant that it was within the last 15 years, you know, old, that wow, kind of thing. Right. Um, we, I remember going into London with my mum and she would go window shopping, but we weren't <laughs> actually allowed to go into the stores, but she liked to go window shopping. Um, <laughs> so it was that kind of thing. And I remember growing up in my teens and in my early 20s, resenting the fact that I was so poor. And it wasn't until I got into my 30s that I was thankfully young enough to realize that I'd actually grown up with values that were far richer than, than any monetary content. And so as I've got older, I've realized that I was always fed. I was always safe. I was always protected. I was always loved. I was always let loose <laughs> to do whatever I wanted, which allowed me the freedom and confidence to be the man that I am now that I can now reflect back and think that between the age of like 15 and 25, I was so incredibly wrong and that I actually lived in probably one of the wealthiest families in England. Wealthy in, in the sense of obviously loving and, uh, and giving, right? I never yeah. wanted for anything. You know, right. I, was, I was this kid that grew up materialistically and I remember getting to the late teens and going, I don't want to be the idiot that, that always walks around getting drunk, riding motorcycles and wearing black t-shirts. <laughs> I wanted to be something different, and it wasn't until I was 35 that I realized that I am that man that likes to go out and drink whiskey and ride motorcycles and wear a black T-shirt. So, right. yeah, I was very wealthy because of the morals and the values that I've been brought up on, and I wasn't aware of that education until I was in my 30s. But you're not driven by money, right? It's not. I mean, are you impressed by all the things that you're, that you're able to get other people, like shiny cars and flashing lights and all that stuff? Is that, does that impress you? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm absolutely... Uh, I hate money. I, I, I hate money, and I'm terrible with money. Really? Um, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, what would happen was my emotion and my focus would be driven by the amount of digits that were in my bank account. And if I didn't have a lot of money in there, I'd go out and hustle and sometimes take contracts and orders that were maybe a bit risky for me to do or would put me under a lot of stress. And then when there was a lot of money sitting in the, in the account, I'd get a bit lazy about doing anything. So again, when I was in my 40s, um, early 40s, you know, 43, 44, mm -hmm. I made a deal. I made a contract with my wife. I've got 10 grand on three credit cards. Now, over the wow. years, that, that, that's, you know, the, the credit has got higher, but I know that I've got 10 grand on three credit cards. So no matter where I am in the world, I can fly back, I can crash in a decent hotel, but I can God honest tell you, I have no idea how much is in our bank account. Are you kidding? So right now you have no idea how much you have? I could bet you any one of my motorcycles, I have no idea how much money is in my bank account. That's insane. But I mean... What well, is it insane? Because again, what I want to do is when I meet a guy... I don't want to be impressed by how much money I can make for him. I want to be impressed is their passion behind his motives. Why does he want to do this? Whether it be an entrepreneur traveling around America on stages selling his book, or whether it be a couple that are now retired and want to go and have a tour of the Renaissance Museums in Florence. I want to get behind what the actual event and experience is, and I don't want to look at the dollar. So then I look to my partner and mm. I go, look, does this make sense? And she'll be the one the works out, well, okay, the percentages have to make sense here, and she will invoice. Now, of course, as we're going through, I'm going, well, okay, I'm making a good bit of chunk on that, but I'm already into the deal by then. 
And I know a lot of people out there will argue this. A lot of people will go, idiot, you know, he's either got so much money, he doesn't. A lot of people will say that I'm just making that up, that I don't know about the money. The fact is, I know what I'm good at and what I'm bad at. I'm bad at tech, so I employ people to do all my tech stuff. I'm bad at accounting, so I employ someone to do all my accounting. Mm -hmm. I'm great at getting stuff done. So I stick to what Joe Polish says, you're 5%. I stick to that. Anything else in the planet, doing the gardening, doing all these things, I get other people to do that because my time's best spent doing what I do. And the money comes. You know, I know really it sounds funny, but if you get the right clients and they have the right passion and they can afford what they want, then the rest of it looks after itself. What's ironic is that you basically, you're the guy that people go to who want the flashy thing. They want to get on stage and sing with their rock star. They want to walk on the red carpet. They want to, you know, whatever it is, fly to space. And you're so not into that. So it's interesting. How did you get into this then? Well, funny enough, and we'll go back to it. I don't think my clients are into it. And that's a funny thing, seeing as you've just said what they do. But the guy that actually sang with Journey uh, live on stage in San Diego, he grew up, like most kids at school, poor. You know, at college, he didn't have a lot of money. He made money by being in a cover band of Journey. Now he's not poor. He literally wanted to complete that circle by saying thank you to the band oh, that wow. have basically got him off the couch at night. So people look at it and they go, oh, that's just a rich prick going <laughs> on stage and wanting to show off. Right. Far from it. There was such a heartwarming story. And also what a lot of people don't realize is which we actually tagged that experience to Autism Speaks. So we got a lot of coverage for the charity mm. because everyone benefited. He got to end the cycle and close the chapter. Mm -hmm. The band got to promote that they were starting to go on tour because they were. And Autism Speaks got a ton of, 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 of presence and exposure out of it. Right. And the people that were last sunday walking down elton john's uh, red carpet well the red carpet happened to be white white this year but those people <laughs> okay. were people that have spent their years working and just looking on tv and going i wonder what it's like to walk down a red carpet uh, you know the biggest award show in the world hmm. our phone sims so they they are granting themselves a well-deserved experience i have quite openly an arsehole policy Asshole. I don't. Okay. Sorry? An asshole policy. Okay. Yeah. I don't work with those people that phone up and go, hey, I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got a tablet to help you diet. I need to get in front of Oprah. Or I've got a script. I need to get in front of Scorsese. We're not careerbuilder.com. You know, I'm there to give you more interesting cocktail stories. And I don't want you to impress anyone else other than yourself. Mm. And I end up getting those clients. And you asked me where I started. I'm sorry for digressing. I was a doorman on a nightclub in Hong Kong. And so you couldn't be more grounded than just standing on the door mm. and being given 30 seconds at max to be able to look at someone on the door and think, is that a good person you want inside your club? Or is that someone that you're going to be turfing out near the end? <laughs> right. So you had to make those decisions and I think that's what gave me a very good gut reaction to those people I do want to work with or those people that are going to be pains. How, how have you managed to build such an incredible network? Because, I mean, the names that I listed in the intro are just like touching the, the, the scratching the surface. I mean, you are literally connected to everybody. How 
has a guy who grew up in a poor home in England as a doorman in Hong Kong end up rubbing shoulders with all of these celebrities and icons and how how did you build such a network uh i hate to say this term because it sounds like i'm trying to be a rapper now but i just keep it real um (laughs) brian kurtz i i associate with smarter people than me and thankfully i get to quote really smart little one-liners that make me sound intelligent but (laughs) anyone listening realizes already i'm not brian kurtz of, of board meetings actually said there's a difference between being easy to understand and impossible to misunderstand and there are no layers with me you know you mentioned my very attractive appearance earlier if i go to someone and say hey i would like to do this because of this i Mm. don't leave any room for uh for miscommunication for someone to to double think it to go oh what's he really want i've just laid it out very clearly i got two clients i would like them to get married in the vatican what needs to happen to make that happen and so I will make it very clear what I'm after, why I'm after it, and then I'm leaving it for you to tell me what I've got to do to get it done. Well, that's a And, great- of course, as I've grown and done more things, I can then go to someone and say, hey, Sting, I would like to do a guitar lesson with you. <laughs> and he may have shut the door until you turned around and go, well, I've worked with Elton John, I've worked with Journey, I've worked right. with Guns N' Roses, and then all of a sudden you've got credibility. So the more credibility you build up over your period. And I've been doing this for 20 plus years. The more of those tools of events and experiences and that big media and you talking to me now, mm-hmm. I can go to someone and go, look, I know you may want me, I know you may say no to this because it sounds absurd, mm. but this is what I've done in a similar arena. I'd like to make yours the next wonderful experience for wonderful people. And right. it's all about how you position the question, who you know, how you know them, and you hit it you hit it on the head with that single word which people belittle now and don't understand relationships mm-hmm. just because you've got someone listed on your bloody facebook page doesn't mean that you've got a relationship with them just because they've liked 20 of your pictures of your dogs <laughs> doesn't mean you've got a relationship with them knowing what they drink knowing how they they dance on the dance floor knowing <laughs> what car they drive right. knowing what's passion knowing how many kids are that's a relationship and if you're not working with them at the moment those are the relationships you need to nurture so even though i'm not working with people now on certain projects for any reason whatsoever Hmm. i will reach out to them and go raymond we haven't spoken for years uh i just was talking to someone last night at a cocktail bar and i was telling the story about the vatican couldn't have been done without you buddy Wishing you the best, my thoughts are with you. Just reach out to someone, and you can do it very well by even videoing on your phone and sending it through a WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. It's cost no money, but now they see your face, yeah. your tone, your surroundings. You know, you're, you're, you're communicating with them and keeping them fresh in the mind. Yeah, I love that you said that as well, because, you know, recently one of the things I've taken upon myself because we, you know, we live in a very noisy world, and, and like you said, like people could like your photos and whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It's not a relationship. Do you know when it's your birthday, Steve, and you get like hundreds of people just saying happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. So your whole feed just like blows up with happy birthday messages. 
and none of them really stand out. So what I've started to do is I just literally, it takes literally 20 seconds as I click the camera, I take a 10, 20 second video of me saying, hey Steve, just want to wish you a really happy birthday. Hope you have a really good day and a great year. You know, see you soon or something like that. And the amount of times I've had people come back going, Daniel, that was so nice of you. Thank you. Because I did something a little bit extra. What, what are some of well, the other things? Well, I don't know things? about you, but I can't, I can't type for shit. And I've got kids, <laughs> so they, they learn. They, I don't know how many, how many actual um, uh, sockets they've got in their thumbs, but they type <laughs> at such tremendous speed uh, yeah. and text. Um, and I'm a pecker. I'm a two-finger pecker. For me to push <laughs> play or record on my phone just go daniel i wish to say thank you to your parents for getting frisky 25 years ago without <laughs> them you wouldn't be here and just posting that i can do that faster than i can type it so the, let's take the vatican because that's like a huge uh mission how did you hook <laughs> that i mean just can you can you share the story with our listeners because it's fascinating and how did you do it Oh, so I had this couple that I've been working with for, for quite a while and they were they were due to get married and they contacted me and they said, look, we, we've got this crazy idea. We would like to get married in the Vatican. Can you make it happen? Right. And I said, well, I'll, I'll know in a week's time. And uh, then all I did was I started contacting a few people and it, the old Greg Reed's the good one that he says the size of your butt will stop you going forward, you know, but this, but that. Um, again, another guy smarter than me, but... Um, all I did was I picked a phone up and I picked a phone up and I started communicating with people in Rome and in Florence and in mm. Tuscany and Milan, just people that I knew. They're obviously very wealthy. They're very well connected. And I said, like, you know, what would you do? And they're like, we got no idea. And <laughs> then eventually you hit on one and they go, you may want to reach out to so-and-so. I don't know if that'll work, mm. but you know, and then that may come to a dead end, but you just dial don't email for Christ's sake, you know. <laughs> Don't use the same method that gets you your phone bill to impress someone. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks emails are great. I, I urge everyone listening to this, please keep using email for all your sales and all your communication because what you're doing there <laughs> is keeping the rest of the marketing planet free for me to abuse. I love it. And I that's love it. where I live. So I phone them. <laughs> which is absurd because people didn't know you could actually make phone calls with your iPhone. I phone people and I, I text, I WhatsApp with little videos. I send letters. I send mm. chocolates, flowers, anything. And I send stuff and I ask the question, I've got this. Please let me know what needs to happen for this to be a reality. And then I just peppered it out. I hit one of the right people who made an introduction he said, phone this. And do you know, I phoned the Vatican. Nah. And I told them what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And do you know what she said to me on the phone? Nobody has ever phoned us with this request. What? Can you what? believe that? What? No one ever phoned her. I can't. Wow. No, no, no. I That's can't believe it. How so... many people do you know got married in the Vatican last year? <laughs> right. No, no one... Everyone's so shit scared and everyone stood there going, oh, you can't do that. That's, oh, God, no, you can't. And they just, they just power themselves into submission by creating every kind of obstacle. Some thick-headed East London bricklayer phones them up and makes it happen. 
you know i'm laughing because it's just so true it's so true and that's what i mean everyone's so more intelligent than me because they can think of a brilliant reason why this won't happen (laughs) meanwhile i've done it twice it's amazing absolutely amazing and and we had just to to give you the story you mentioned earlier about andrea bocelli yeah i actually had another couple and you know i bung stuff on facebook and all this kind of stuff woohoo look where i am um (laughs) And I was doing this while I was in Rome because I had to fly over to Rome to do it. And I was over in uh, Rome for three months. While I was over there, um, another client of mine from Germany contacted me and said, look, I've got my, my new girlfriend and I would like her to take, I'd like to take her to Florence. And I want <laughs> the most exclusive restaurant in Florence. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact is, there's no such thing as an exclusive restaurant in Florence because Tuscany is such a family kind of environment mm-hmm. that you'll walk into a restaurant and ask for a table of two. They'll put you on a table of 22 and just give you two seats. <laughs> no and way. by the end of the night, your family. That's the beauty <laughs> of Tuscany. Um, so it's not like going to New York and needing an exclusive, you know, I need to go to Cipriani's or I need to go to the Soho house or, you know, any mm. of these kind of things. Yeah. Um, they don't have that precociousness. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we wanted to do was we, we needed to create something that matched what he wanted. So I contacted the academia. I never dream small. Go big and then go down from there. Mm-hmm. So the most unique place in Florence that anyone in the world can recognize has never been <laughs> is the famous statue of David. Mm-hmm. It's as iconic as the Statue of Liberty, and really? it's housed yeah. in a museum called the Academia. Okay. So I contacted the Academia, and I said, look, I would like to have a table for my clients <laughs> at the feet of Michelangelo's David <laughs> at night when the museum's empty. Come on, what was what their response? What needs to happen? To- well, she, she was kind of like, really? And I just spoke to her, and I spoke about what I wanted to do, and she's like, we've never done that before. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, here's- now we will. Can you imagine... <laughs> the exposure you'll get. Can you imagine how fantastic this will be? And she got on board the passion. Oh my gosh. So then I thought to myself, okay, got that. Brilliant. No worries. We're doing that. And bear in mind, I had three days that I was putting this together. Wow. Okay. Wow. On the train. And this is, this, this still makes me laugh on the train down to Florence from Rome. I thought, well, we're in the academia. We've got the food. We've got the statue. We've got the photographer. (laughs) In a museum, it's going to be deadly quiet. Mm -hmm. So we need some music. Let's get some music. Well, hang on a minute. We're in Italy. So again, let's go big. How could we go massive? And I thought the most iconic Italian singer in the world is Andrea Bocelli. Oh, Bocelli. So I contacted, and we can all do this by the internet. You Mm -hmm. can contact anyone's agent and manager or anyone Mm -hmm. that's pretending to be their agent and manager via the internet you go on there you google the name you'll find the agency you phone them up you'll get the interns interns secretary's left door neighbor you know you'll never get the person that can make the decision so i phoned up this agent who apparently was you know a personal friend of mr bocelli told him what i wanted i want you to walk into the academia this wednesday 7 30 at night serenade my clients oh my god and he went yeah 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 certainly I'll come back to you and see if that's possible, Mr. Sims. Of course, oh. he hangs up. He didn't, he didn't take my phone number, didn't take my email. Yeah. So that was obviously a dead deck there. Uh-huh. I contacted the Vatican 
What? And I said, hello, it's me, it's me again. <laughs> and she's me. like, oh, you know, how can I help you? And I went, here's a daft thing. Have you ever worked with Andre Bocelli? Has he ever visited? And they were like, so many times. Oh, my I said, goodness. You couldn't do me a favor and just phone him up, could you? <laughs> and they did. And I got a phone call. And they said, what time do you want him to be there? And oh so he actually me. turned up and walked in. We cleared out the museum at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was about 8.30, 9 o'clock. My clients had sat there eating. And I went out to my clients and I said, um, I'd like to bring in a local entertainer just to serenade you during your dinner. Is that okay? And he was like, certainly, Steve. That would be wonderful. He was dead <laughs> yeah. quiet. And Wait, dead. so he had no idea? Us, no, it was all a setup. It, the whole the whole thing was a setup. I told him I'd get someone local to come in and sing, you know, oh during the meal. Oh, my God. And so he sat there, and all of a sudden, Andrea Bocelli gets no escorted way. through. Oh someone sits God. down. His son actually sits down at the piano. So, oh. And I got – it was just incredible. And, of course, wow. they just dropped their knives, and they were like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, yeah, what? it's all to do with keeping your word – saying or doing what you say you're going to do um, and everything else will just fall into place. That is absolutely insane. I mean, that, you have to have some serious balls and audacity to do that. It's like... Or do you have to be just stupid? You are not stu stupid, Steve. I'm sorry, but you, you might be humble, I'm, but you're, you're definitely I'm not ignorant, stupid. I'm ignorant to the fact of failure. And okay. I, I, I believe, and I don't want to get arrogant, I believe now at the ripe old age of 51, or 50, not quite 51, <laughs> uh, 50, that I'm an educated man. But I believe school had zero to do with that. Right. No, I, you're, you're street and smart. So I, exactly. But I, many, many times I would make a phone call and then look around to someone who was the head of a company or far richer than me or far, in quotes, smarter than me who would just gasp and go, oh, my God, I never, you, you could never do that. And I was going, <laughs> well, I, I, I did, you know. How did you work with, with Peter Diamandis? Because, because I did. Guys, not only smarter than me, smarter than most people here, but I, I've worked with him several times because I, he needs something, I get it done. I mean, you, you've got to know some of the biggest celebrities, the, the iconic figures, thought leaders, top athletes, Fortune 500 executives. What do they have in common? Like, what, what do you think makes them successful? You've hung out with them long enough. Yeah, well, as, as, as you may or may not know, we hosted, uh, we partnered with uh, Sir Elton John for his Oscar party. So we, yep. we had like about 60-odd people, or just under 60 people, uh, go, to, uh, go to his party. And there were some big names in there. Um, Joe Polish talks about your 5%. And I've noticed that all of these people are brilliant at one thing. Okay. And they just exploited and nurtured and grown that 5%. Because let's be serious. You can make a sandwich probably as good as Elon Musk. <laughs> you can play basketball maybe better than Elon Musk. You can drive a sports car better than elon musk you no. can dance right. better than elon musk but you can't build a rocket better than him <laughs> right so it always comes down to there's that one thing mm -hmm. that you've got your secret source mm -hmm. 
And that's why anything else that's not your secret source, accounting, web design, cleaning your shoes, get <laughs> someone else to do it and nurture your 5%. And What's that 5%, your... mm -hmm. just like Martha Stewart, could be making cakes. And wow. Picasso, painting. You just need to find your one thing and that's what you need to focus on. What's your 5%, Steve? Get shit done. <laughs> Get shit done. <laughs> um, your website is called uglysims.com, right? <laughs> well, I have two. I obviously have The Bluefish, the which Bluefish, is the, right. the concierge service. Mm -hmm. But I have Ugly Sims that, that got put up there thanks to Jason Gaynard. Um, okay. Why? Because I've started... There was a lot of media that I've done throughout the years on the luxury business. And then probably about five years ago, there was a switch. And I started getting asked by the universities. And Jason Gaynard, I spoke at that brilliant event, Mastermind Talks. Yeah. Um, and they started saying to me, hey, don't speak to, to, to our team about the bluefish. Speak about how you build up a relationship, how you communicate, how you market how hmm. you brand. So all of a sudden, how I did things was becoming as media worthy as what I did. Yep. And I started getting on a lot of stages and doing a lot of these podcasts where I would tell people, this is how you brand yourself. This is how you make yourself different. This is how you get your voice out there in, in the quiet areas where everyone else is shouting in, in the noise. Um, and I started doing all those things. So I, I joked about, what I do is ugly and raw. Um, and so while I was at Jason Gaynard's event up in Toronto uh, over a couple of whiskeys, which is usually what happens, everything starts, well, I'd had a couple of whiskeys and then um, we found Ugly Sims was a domain available. So um, I bought it and just started posting up there my views, my opinions, how I do things. And there's a YouTube channel and a Facebook Ugly Sims. And mm. I just really get on there and go, look, this is like the other day I did that, um, uh, the Elton John party. Uh -huh. And of course, Bluefish is showing all of these pictures of all these celebrities from all over the world and Bluefish in the background and Taste of Blue and all this. And that makes you look great. But as we all know, you only see the top 5% of an iceberg. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Ugly Sims, I go, well, look, before you start thinking I'm naturally gifted with a silver spoon in my mouth, you have no idea of the hours, years, and miles it took me to travel before I get to the beginning of that red carpet. Right. So don't right. look at that as, oh, wow, focus on how you get there. Because if you know how to get there, you can fall down tomorrow. But if you know how to get back up, you can get back there again. Wow. And I so Ugly Sims <clears throat> just gives my opinions and rants. You, you help people fulfill their fantasies. What's your fantasy, Steve? <laughs> I'm I'm very dull. I'm very boring. <laughs> um, I live dull. vicariously through other people's dreams, um, and so I'm I I love. I think my fantasy, which is weird because I don't think I'm a people person, but I am a passion person. Mm. I think my fantasy is helping other people just have better cocktail stories, and I really love. I really love, and this isn't an invite for anyone to do it, but <laughs> I really love being in a room when someone comes over and says, I was just talking to Daniel and he was just telling us about this wonderful experience in the Louvre or this person <laughs> going down to the Titanic. You're the man that 
I love it when when it's my stories that that are, that are captivating the cocktail time. Um, and I love it when you wake up in the middle of the night excited because either you're going to do something or you did something. You know, my client is the shortest term lead singer for the rock band Journey. And you can't <laughs> take that away from him. He did it. He was there. He was on stage. How many other people have done it? Him. No one. Wow. You know, it's just that kind of stuff's really cool. All the clients that have traveled from all over the planet and they've never walked a red carpet and that's sitting at a table speaking to Steven Tyler and Elton John and all these people. And then they're going back to, to Washington or London or Scotland or Arizona and they're getting back on with their life. But for that, for that night, they were Oscar A-list. What do people have to pay, though, to get... I mean, it, I, I, I'm imagining most of the people listening to this, they're not, they're not going to be millionaires or, you know... So they probably can't afford the service, right? What, what does it cost to, uh, to hire you to get to, uh, I don't know, sing on stage or go to Elton John or fly to the moon, whatever it is? So the first thing is Bluefish is a membership-based company, and anyone that thinks they can't afford me, the, stat, the statement should be, you can't afford me yet, yeah. Okay. okay. If like you're that. one of those people that are willing to settle, doesn't matter what the money is, you're not our client. Um, mm -hmm. So it costs $5,000 to join our, our club. And when you join the family, that's your commitment fee. And that's a per annum fee. And we handle everything from travel, flights, restaurants, the usual concierge stuff, all the way up to tickets, backstage, meet and greets, and then all the red carpet and the wild experiences. Mm -hmm. um, what we do is we talk with you, we interview every single client, and then we find out, well, look, why do you want to do that? What, <laughs> when you finish this, what is it that you want to accomplish or what is it that do you want to come away with that's going to you know, make your life better? You, quite honestly, you'll see a lot of people every now and then going, I want to do this, and you'll go, why? <laughs> <laughs> and they've been so driven because they've seen other people doing it mm. that when they got the why question, and there's been a number of yeah. times where someone's wanted to do X and almost like, you know, uh, by being a psychiatrist, but by actually interviewing them, you've suddenly found out that there's nothing actually behind that want and desire mm -hmm. other than, well, I thought I wanted to do that. And you go, <laughs> well, if you were going to do it there, what is your passion? Why don't we send you over here? And they've gone, <laughs> now that excites me. That's mm -hmm. what we want, you know? So if you're going to, you know, we may, we have, may have a client and he travels, travels down to Miami and you haven't seen your family. Why don't we fly your family in? Because there's a concert going on and we can get your kids backstage so they can meet the idol. You'll be dad of the year and wow. they'll let you travel a little bit more for work. Just wow. those tiny little things that's what we specialize in. What's the craziest thing someone's asked you to, to fulfill? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, there's a bunch of stuff I can't obviously say on, on any kind of public platform. Or <laughs> um, but, uh, that bad? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, we, yeah, I'll put it this way. I can, I'll take my stories to the grave. Um, oh, my but, God. Uh, the, Vatican, the Vatican was obviously a good one. Um, mm -hmm. Going down to the Titanic was another, uh, is another good one. Um, Sleeping in a in a pyramid in Egypt. Sleeping um, in a pyramid in actually, Egypt. Yeah, overnight in a pyramid. Um, <laughs> no what uh, other ones? Going down, going into the basement of the Kremlin. Um, what? 
God, there's so, there's so James many. Bond. You know, what, getting a what guitar was lesson by uh, ZZ Top. Um, what was the James Bond on one? Sorry? What was the James Bond one? That sounds interesting. Someone wanted to be yeah, James no, Bond. Was, yeah, that was really cool. It was uh, and the good thing. The thing that made it even better with that was the guy had nothing to do with the planning. So we get a call from this this lady. She said, every year my husband has gone absolutely crazy for my birthdays. He loves my birthdays. And every year <laughs> I just cook him a nice meal and buy him a watch or something like that. Yeah. This is the <clears> year where I want to just shock him. So again, chatting with her, well, what's his likes, what's his dislike? And there was a theme in the communication with her. She was going, oh, he loves this. He saw it on James Bond. And oh, that car, he's always wanted to drive that because he saw it in a James Bond movie. Mm. And we went, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> There's a theme here, you know, James Bond. Right. What should we do? Should we should we see if we can buy him one of the original Aston Martins? Mm. Should oh. we see if we can get him tailored from one of the original James Bond tailors? Or should we get him an Omega from one of the original movies? Or and just all these kind of things. And then we went, well, hang on a minute. Let's do something which he can take none of it away. Let's mm. give him an experience. You see, you can lose a car. You can't lose a memory. Wow. So we actually went through it, and it got wild. It, <laughs> it really did get wild. It started off with, let's go to Monaco and stay in the hotel where James Bond stayed. Okay. Actually, while we're there, why don't we get a couple of actors to pretend he is James Bond? Actually, <laughs> why don't we get him turning up? In an Aston Martin. Oh, actually, why don't we get him kidnapped <laughs> no by his... So it just got <laughs> stupid. In the end, we had a screenwriter build this plot where he was 008 coming out of retirement oh and he had God. to do all of these, uh, these training exercises to make sure he was back up to scratch. It was fast car uh, driving and evasive what? driving course. It wow. was uh, shooting of military weapons. It was wow. riding in a supersonic jet. It oh was offshore power boating. It was all the, basically, it was loads of just little, it was a reason just to do a load of adrenaline stuff. But while they were sat in a restaurant, and the whole restaurant was our actors and actresses, hmm. an evil band of his arch rivals <laughs> came in, kidnapped him, no. put him in a speedboat, and no took way. him out to the boat with octopusy written on the side of it. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so we did this whole thing. And then a few years later, I saw the movie The Game. And I thought, ah, been there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we did that. Now, we had people running into the restaurant. We obviously had to tell the police. But <laughs> we had people running to the restaurant with these fake shotguns. These fake no guns. No way. All of, these, oh all of these models in white latex suits. <laughs> um, now, of course, the world's a different place now. So I'm pretty damn sure we couldn't do that now. <laughs> But we did it then, and it was everyone, as I say, was all paid by us in the restaurant. So they all hit the floor, and you just saw this guy and his wife. And the guy's like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> and then he's like, "You come with us." And you know, they drag it. It was great. It was really good fun. What was the price tag on that? Oh God, do you know the funny thing was, so many people wanted to do it because they wanted to be part of this. The the, the price the price was under a million. And if you try to wow. recreate that now, you're on treble or four times that. Wow. Oh but uh, it was just, we had everything. You know, we had wow. someone in Casino Royale, uh, in the uh, casino, actually holding a stuffed cat 
stroking a cat. <laughs> you know, like he was. Brilliant. And we we tried. To, we had these actors emulating all of the villains as they saw him. We found his favourite drink. So that when he went to the bar, the barmaid already made it. They handed it oh, to him. Wow, you pay attention said, to detail. Oh yeah. Well, you know. James Bond is the worst secret spy in the world, isn't he? <laughs> Every waiter knows what he drinks. Right. So we, we, we did all of this kind of stuff. Wow. You really go... You know what's interesting about you, Steve, is that you, you really, like, genuinely want to make your clients happy. You go to the end of the moon... Because you could have just got away with doing something like, you know, whatever. He gets in a car, goes for a fast drive, gets chased, and that's it. Like, end of day, you know have a nice birthday but you literally thought of everything to make this guy just like have the experience of his lifetime and that's what's incredible and i I realized after listening to you that that's what makes you different steve to so many people people just want to make a quick buck do the least possible they can for the money they make and that's it and that's why they're not remarkable that's why you are remarkable it's wow thank you no, really, I mean that. Um, you just launched a new company called Taste of Blue. What, what is that, and, and what was the inspiration behind launching it? <clears throat> so we get a lot of people that follow us on Bluefish, and Bluefish, as we've already said, is a paid membership, and most of the stuff's expensive. Um, but what we wanted to do was we wanted to utilize our connections to be able to bring it to a wider audience. So we're building, it, we're building now a mobile-based platform where you can actually look on there, and it will show you all the events that are going on around the planet. It'll show you all the hotels we have relationships with and what the perks are, whether it be an upgrade, a fourth night free, special discounts, early check. It's going to give you everything that we're downloading it and and populating on this platform. Mm -hmm. It's going to show you all the cool things you can get. And also a lot of the vendors that we've used and we love, we're actually getting them on a non-commission based. Um, it's $500 to be a member in that, tastetheblue.com. Mm-hmm. But what we've gotten is we've gone to people that we buy bags from, we buy iPhone cases from. You know? So anything that we like, yeah. we're now going to those, those vendors and partners and going, look, we don't want any money out of you because it wants to be unbiased. We, you're on there because we like you mm-hmm. and we, we buy from you. So make an offer that our, our members can't refuse. So give them a 30% discount or give them the option that when they buy one, they get two. But we want to transfer any perk that we can get directly through to you. So right. it's vendors, it's stores, it's rental cars, hotels, cool events, concerts, the best things in the planet Basically, are going to be in the palm of your hand. It's the Groupon of the lifestyle industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've been hearing them all. I've been hearing you're the, the you're the group on. Um, I've heard you're the Uber for lifestyle because everyone's an Uber for something. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a new I've, cliche. I've heard so many of of, of these different uh, uh, um, shortcuts, but as long as it gets the message away, bottom bottom line of it is, we're going to just make you cooler in the palm of your hand. Cool. So for those listening, if they want to join that, uh, it's tasteofblue.com, and all they have to do is is sign up for that. Yeah, it's uh, you can sign up for the newsletters and hear about what other people are doing and you're missing yep. out, or you can actually <laughs> become a member at five hundred dollars a year. So um, cool, you know, it's your it's your call which which path to go. Cool, and you're also uh, apparently writing a book. Is that right? Coming out in October? Yes, yes. This was a big surprise, but uh, about a year ago, I got asked to do it 
by this little unknown publishing firm called Simon Schuster. And <laughs> I was I was like, Holy cow, how can this how can this be? And you know, <laughs> I phoned up my mum and told her and she's like, You writing a book, you've not even <laughs> write an email. So um so I got help. Um but yeah, the book comes out in October and What's it it's called? just really there to hopefully get you out of the way of your own hurdles and I want to I basically want you for those that are capable of it to get out and start shouting where it's quieter and doing stuff and owning your own promises and keeping your word and developing substantial substance brands and so I'm putting it all in a book what's the book called blue fishing the art of making things happen nice I love it you put the brand in there really cool blue fishing so it's going to be out in october is there a way they can pre-order it right now it's actually on amazon now so if you type in blue fishing and just you know types and say blue fishing steve sims s-i-m-s you can actually pre-order the baby now cool well for those listening all of those links are going to be in my show notes so if you go to danielgeffen.com forward slash 69 then you can, uh, you know, if, if you want to sign up for uh, Bluefish or if you want to sign up for um, Taste of Blue or if you want to pre-order the book, all the links are going to be in the show notes. Steve, what's the best way my listeners can get in touch with you as well? Social media and email? Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on all the Facebooks and the, uh, the Instajams and all those kind of things. Um, Instajams. But uh, probably best through uh, Facebook or just send, it, uh, send it an email over to ask at thebluefish.com or going over to Ugly Sims and sending one to Steve at UglySims.com. That will get me. If you send me an email that's boring, I will ignore it. If it's interesting, <laughs> I will respond. Very cool. And for those of you that want to, to get in touch with Steve through Facebook, I've actually got a Facebook group which Steve, I believe, is a member of, even though he doesn't know because I added him without him knowing. <laughs> <laughs> i'm evil like that um so if you want to if you want to if you want to pick his brain and he's still in the group um it's can i pick your brain so just go onto facebook type in can i pick your brain you'll see the group and if you know if i think that you are you know a nice person and you haven't murdered anybody yet i'll, I'll accept you to the group uh steve this has been absolutely so much fun it's been one of the actually one of the best uh interviews i've ever done um most fun enjoyable and i've taken so much from it i'm sure my listeners have too um so thank you so much thank you for letting me pick your brain and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers i'm looking forward to the day when i'll be picking your You've brain been listening to the can i pick your brain podcast inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth so to put these ideas into action head over to danielgeffen.com